Of We the Gamer Cast is the official podcast of We the Nerdy.com and it publishes on iTunes and Google Play every single Monday. By the way, it also comes to youtube.com slash We the Nerdy. Why did I pause there? Thank you for being here, subscribing and listening and rating us on iTunes. If you're watching the video, giving a thumbs up and all of that good stuff. Guys, it is uh early in the evening. It is pitch black outside because of where I live. It's kind of crazy, kind of weird. I spent the day. And I, maybe not the whole day, but long enough for it to be a, a moment <laughs> notable. Uh, cleaning up the dog run. Frozen poop. Semi-frozen poop. Because it's just hovering around that freezing mark. Good times had at the pre-household. But guys, I'm getting way ahead of myself. If you're new, here's the deal. Every week I have Sweet Hangs with the Stranger from the internet. And we talk about video games and all a whole bunch of other stuff. Especially this week. If you want to be part of the show, it's easy. Just tweet at me. It's Sean Connery. Just kidding. It's Sean Capri. Sean like Connery Capri like the pants. Feeling? Do I sound weird? I feel like I'm. I feel a little different. I feel like it's Christmas time. It's December. Um, we have a whole bunch of stuff happening on We the Gamer Cast this month. I'm feeling like in a giving mood. I've been. Uh, I've got some game codes for any of you people who like free stuff. At the end of every episode in December, we're gonna give away. Actually, today we're giving away two games. Technically, it's the same game, but two different versions. I somehow landed on two codes. Um for guacamelee so if you like guacamelee stick around to the end of the episode i'm gonna i'm gonna read it or you could fast forward now you could actually time travel i haven't at this moment as i'm saying it i haven't said the codes yet but you have the ability to skip ahead if you like for guacamelee there's two codes it's sort of a first come first serve type of deal you could take it for yourself redeem it you could pass it along to a friend if you know somebody who wants to play Guacamelee. So I'm going to keep that up. I haven't really announced which game it was. So I might, I've got a stack of other, I've got some Xbox games that I could give away. So stay tuned, everybody. We might, might make something of this. So every episode, we're going to do a little Santa Claus kind of thing here, giving away uh, just as a thank you. Thank you for, for listening and thanks to everybody who supports us at patreon.com slash make us better, especially our executive producers like our gold executive producer. You remember him from last week, Sheldon Benedict from Quest for Pixels. I'm also wearing, for some stupid reason, two sets of headphones right now and I think I keep bumping into the microphone. I'm sorry about that. Sheldon Benedict, our gold executive producer and all of our gentlemen executive producers, Nick Militia from today, James Johnson, Dr. Doom, Jesse Armstrong, Glocko Schaefer, David Ray, Mike Drummy, Brendan Myers, and Aaron Darty. Darty. But who, by the way, has a very I don't think I've seen an actual picture of of Aaron, but I think you're very handsome from the Twitter picture. He's got a little he's a chef. He's got a good haircut. That's about all I can really see. So Aaron, got going on, man. Good for you. And thank you for supporting everybody. Thank you so much. Um, you remember last week, Sheldon Benedict uh, from Quest for Pixels, Quest for Pixels on Twitter. Um, I just really enjoyed that chat and also the chat that we had after we stopped recording. This is the thing that I try to keep these episodes to about an hour. I try not to ramble on too much for this and then try to keep the, the, the interview or whatever you want to call it, the, the, the chat about 50 minutes to maybe about, I just don't want to go too long. And it's a shame because I just really had a, a, a nice really a deep conversation actually with Sheldon afterwards. So thank you, Sheldon, for your time last week uh, on the show and off. 
And um, that was that was great. So we just keep moving along. The end of 2017 is here. We are coming up on two years, I think. I'm just thinking of this as as this happens. Seamus Mullins from Australia, the very first guest, would have been would have been early 2015. I I don't even know if I'm doing that math right. And I could clickety click on my mechanical keyboard, my brand new mechanical keyboard, thanks to the Mega Dads. Thank you, Adam and John, for and Antonio Guillen for uh allowing them to pass along there's a long story check out the gaming gurus for that story it's my geek out but i'm loving this stuff guys it is it's just when you have a good quality keyboard and a mouse it's just it's nice it's just nice on my hands and my fingertips and it makes me feel good all over where am i even going with any of this stuff I wanted to, by the way, speaking of December, speaking of Patreon, this is our sixth month. One, two, three, four, five, six, six months on patreon.com slash make is better. And there are a handful of you. There's a lot of you supporting us over at patreon.com slash make is better. A handful were there from day one, from the very first month. So this is a six month celebration. And I want to give a big thank you to Gabe Hills, Ryan Black, TJ, Nintendo Dads, Joel Brooks, Josh Stapleton, Adam Leonard, Nick Militia, Grouchy Surge, Ryan Turford, Garrett Bland, Antonio Guillen, and Luke Lore. Guys, many of you have been, have been on the show. Some of you still have yet to. We've got to get you on. But I just wanted to take a quick moment and just recognize that you have made the best decision you could have ever made by supporting us on patreon.com slash better. It has truly elevated everything that we do. From this show being on YouTube to If You're on Nintendo being live to a whole bunch of others. Bobby's streaming like every other freaking minute. And I really just wanted to take a moment to say thank you from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of all of our hearts. It means a lot. It means a lot that you are still with us six months later. And I hope you're still with us six months from now. And let's just keep celebrating. Let's keep doing this together. Thank you guys so, so much. Um, I wanted that to be really the focus for today before we jump into my chat with Nick Militia. Guys, we are we are in for for something else. Uh, some it's a we're in for a really crazy conversation. And as I say how much I'm I'm loving my nice keyboard and my nice mouse, my mouse isn't clicking. Why isn't my mouse clicking? It worked a second ago and moves. It's weird, guys. Um, I was going to play some guitar for Bobby, but I think, I think we'll maybe just get right into it. Uh, I have to recommend though, if you haven't already checked out the gaming gurus, I am absolutely loving doing that show with, with Bobby and with Toby, Toby seven days into being a dad. So congratulations to Toby. He's by the way, rocking it. Like I chat with him and it's just like no big deal. And I'm like, I don't know how that's possible because sleep is not a thing and he just mind you he just defies all logic because he looks like he's 12 years old so congratulations to toby and we did a game of the year type of discussion sort of like a precursor there's a whole conversation check out the gaming gurus because it's a great chat we also had joseph moran from make us better and the playstation podcast we had a big old conversation and one of my favorite episodes so please, if you guys aren't already subscribed, go over there, check that out. That would be incredible. Um, and also for We the Nerdy, we will be posting uh, Game of the Year stuff in early January, actually. We're going to be voting on stuff in December. We've got a last-minute kind of chance to play all the things that we've got left to play. 
and I will be hosting a We the Nerdy Game of the Year discussion for, on this feed. So I'll have everybody who is uh, writing for video games on that. I think it'll actually not everybody. It might be four or five tops people. I just have to figure out a way so that I can mute people just in case things get a little crazy because I want that to be a, a good discussion. But it will it, we will decide on that call. We will decide what is the game of the year for WeTheNerdy.com. So that's really cool. I'm looking forward to that. I love I love just the, the game of the year t- types of conversations that we get into. Um Guys, why don't we just why don't we just do this? Let's get right into it. Today is Nick Militia from Next Level Games. You've heard heard me say his name at the top of the show for a long, long time. It's it was about time. I saw him on Nintendo Talk with Bobby a while back, and I'm like, who knew? Nick's got stories. Nick's Nick Nick can uh, hold his own on on a podcast. Had to have him on the show, and he does not disappoint. There is a crazy story in here that just drops my jaw, so stay tuned for that. I'm not even going to give you a warning. I could give you like the little lead-up because it comes out of nowhere. You're just going to have to wonder, is it is it right at the start? Is it near the end? I don't know. It's somewhere in there, but stick around because it's a great chat, and at the end of it all, we're going to give away guacamole. So why don't we get into it? Uh, you can follow Nick at NL Video Games. That's for Next Level Games. Um, let's do it. Nick Militia. I mean, the problem the problem is, is that I don't. I'm not a big Halo guy. I'm not a big Forza guy, mm-hmm. and I'm not a big Gears guy. So at that point, do I really need an Xbox? Isn't it crazy that that's like you're not far off, and like that's sort of my problem as an Xbox guy. That's sort of like a bit of an issue that you can basically just like wrap up the Xbox experience with maybe three or four franchises. I, people kind of forget a little bit about Fable at this point, but I never even got into it. Um, but yeah, there's not really they've really struggled with identity, whereas like you could go on and on and on about nintendo and and really deep into each one of those uh into each one of those franchises so why don't we start off with like what are you what are you playing man do you get nervous about trying to stay up to date with the the latest stuff because this is me projecting onto you a conversation right. to try to, i'm gonna try and work things out in my in my own head because like I, sure. I i don't know i want to play games but like i got a month left it's december and i right. still got a whole bunch of stuff that i haven't got to yet and i get a little anxious about it um, well, I mean, starting from maybe a few years ago, I used to be, you know, I had to get everything when it came out. Mm-hmm. And then eventually my wife and I moved into a new house and, you know, the store was kind of like, you know, I wouldn't say it was, you know, doing really awful, but it was starting to struggle. So mm-hmm. I had to like kind of cut back on buying everything right away. Right. Um, so, you know, I almost took like a complete year off minus, you know, buying like five games I really wanted. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm really behind. Um, like I haven't played Doom until I picked it up on Switch. Oh, how you do know? you like it? I really liked it. I mean, it's, it's, I oh, don't no. know. I, oh, I don't know what the, what the hype was about. I, uh-huh. I really like the game. Yeah. I think it's a solid game. It's really fun. Um, I think it runs great on Switch, but I had guys telling me, you know, <clears throat> Bobby, <clears throat> that it was game of the year last year. And uh, I don't know what he was on. So well, we have to remember but, last year what kind of year we had. 2016 was was a little rough. So I mean, the standard all of our bars have been raised in 2017. I think a little bit, and also the hype train has gone up significantly for Doom. If you look at reviews, I don't I don't know if it's sitting any higher than a 7.5. 
on Metacritic, right? right? And then yeah. it comes out on Switch and it's getting these eights and everything like that. So it's right. It's gained some momentum, but like more on. I, this is it's just fun. Like, there's not really anything no, that's really going to blow your hair back about it. But, you know, I right. was playing it when Neighbor Matt came over one night and I was just like, you got to see this. And I'm just like running around, just like boom, 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 really quickly. But if like you don't connect with that aspect to it, like there's not really that's why you look for maybe a little bit more depth in your games. There's not really, I don't think much more to it. But gameplay wise, right. it's pretty solid, I think. And I haven't tried it on the Switch yet. Well, I think I think, you know, what I was comparing it to was the new Wolfenstein. Not not mm-hmm. two, but mm-hmm. the the uh, new order or whatever it's called yeah, new man. order right yeah that game I, that had game, substance to it that game blew me away i loved it um, cuz i'm not a huge like call of duty guy you know stuff like that mm-hmm. um, i kind of stopped after modern warfare 2 i think it was mm-hmm. um, but i don't play online so i prefer killing my single player people games. in an airport's no good right uh, but killing innocent, you know killing killing nazis is always good so that's true not nothing innocent <laughs> about them <laughs> but um but now the the new Wolfenstein was like a perfect blend of, you know, the original Wolfenstein mm-hmm. and a modern shooter. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, and and I love the fact that you can like you can run and gun, you can do whatever you want, or you can just sneak around with a knife. Mm-hmm. And like I spent like two or three levels in that game just just crouching, just walking through really slow, just stabbing guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and just remembering was... the old animation. I was kind of doing it on the video, like the old, like you just had that like jaggedy knife and just like ping ping, just kind of like put people in the face. German shepherds. I was way too young to play that back in the day, and I like how how Bethesda has managed to kind of create two totally separate identities. Those games don't look or play anything alike, but they're sort of right. born out of the same just we didn't really have different identities for games back then it was just like can we make this a shooter okay great you wolfenstein and doom play very very similarly at least to my recollection um doom a little yeah, bit I faster mean, yeah no doom was a little bit faster and, and the only difference is no that's it because they both had like the hidden passageways mm-hmm. with the secrets and stuff like that um and obviously one is based on pseudo reality and one's based on pseudo future reality i, I mean, don't know nobody nobody <laughs> was able to confirm nor deny that there was a, a mecha hitler i don't think that's, that's I, I don't think anybody was able to really say definitively that definitely did not exist <laughs> so i want to talk about i want to talk about your store man you mentioned that a little bit um next level games this is it's it's funny because your name is not just nick militia it's nick militia from next level games like that's just right. kind of how I, I think some people just have like um bobby you never really say Bobby Paul, you always say Bobby the Nintendo Guru. It just becomes part of your identity a little bit. So, talk to me about like starting up this this game store, man. Like, you, where where does the idea come from? How the hell do you start? I got so many questions. Tell me from <laughs> the beginning. How do how do you, how does one go about starting up a game store, a mom and grop shop? Um. So I went to college uh, at Drexel in Philly for uh, interactive digital media. Mm-hmm. And that was like a mixture of web design, uh, video, uh, 3D modeling, 3D animation. Mm-hmm. When was this? And I went, this was uh, 2000. Okay. So, What kind of stuff were you learning back then? 2000 is still kind of early in, in terms of web and all of that kind of stuff. So like what kind of tech are you into? So uh, for the web part, we were using, uh, we were using a lot of Flash. And um, right. um, what was that other one that um, – I don't remember. Little Java is that even related? 
we didn't we didn't do a lot of the programming ourselves. That's mm. the thing. We were more of like a you know here's some tools you do something with it you know because okay. they tried to give us like we only had to take like two programming classes and that wasn't for me. Uh, yeah. I mean my main my main goal was to be you know a game designer like most okay. people that are into games. Yeah. So I I went there with a focus of doing the 3D modeling and the animation because I wanted to I figured that was the easiest way for me to get into it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so I did that. And it's interesting because I don't, I'm not the kind of person, at least not anymore, because I've gotten over a lot of demons, but I'm not the kind of person that regrets a lot of things, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, anymore. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and I still don't really regret it, but it's funny because I was all right at doing what I was doing, but I wasn't really motivated to to go to, you know, further with it. Right. Um, and it was senior year, because we were kind of like the guinea pigs of the group. Like this was the we new were the program. first, yeah we were the first full class of this new program. Before us there was like six students and that was it. Um, so they were kind of figuring it out as they went, and we were really doing some early three D modeling stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time we were in our senior year, you know they started using better programs that the industry was using and stuff like that. So we would have had to adapt anyway. Mm-hmm. But our senior year they brought in a professor who claimed at the time that he knew a lot about game design and me being you know still somewhat young and dumb just decided i didn't want to listen to this guy i knew what i was talking about Mm -hmm. so he came he came into class one day and he was like hey you guys need to you know focus on this uh new program called havoc oh Um, wow uh he's like you guys definitely need to check this out it's starting to take over Mm -hmm. like you know and he showed us uh half-life too i think it was Mm -hmm. Uh, it was like early trailers of Half-Life 2 because it's before the game came out. And I'm looking at it, and I didn't play PC games. You know, I played console games. So I'm mm-hmm. looking at it, and I'm going, oh, that's cool. I'm like, I've never heard of this Havoc, though. I'm like, it's all bullshit. It's not, it's not important. And so for I people who don't know, Havoc is a physics engine, right? Havoc is a physics me. engine. Yeah. It's a physics engine that literally, since it came out, every game uses, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Microsoft just bought it, didn't they? I don't know about that, but... I wouldn't be surprised because it's a moneymaker. I mean, yeah, almost like every game everything. you boot up says mm-hmm. Havoc. You know what yeah. I mean? But we, so we took a class or two learning Havoc, and I was just like, I didn't put much effort into it. I'm like, eh. I'm like, this isn't important. Like, it'll never take off. I've never heard of it. Mm-hmm. And, and had I known, I think I could have been on the ground floor of, like, mastering a program like that, I, I would have gotten any job I wanted, you know? But I turned up like this, so what can I get? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I remember it was a similar similar sort of story for me with like Twitter, and I remember uh, I was working at a marketing communications company, and went, and Twitter just sort of like launched, and we were all trying to trying to figure out what the hell is like even Facebook. Like, you know, right. Twitter comes out and you got 140 characters, you don't really have your own wall or any of those other things that you can do. You can't have a collection of pictures. It's just this really simplified thing. And I remember my boss coming and going like, "This is going to be the next big thing." And I'm like, "This is really dumb. Like, I actually don't think Twitter's good at all. What the hell are you talking about?" And yeah, like had I really dove into Twitter back in the day, like kids are making a fortune teaching old people like us <laughs> what to do mm-hmm. with Twitter when it comes to when it comes to like kind of running a business. Okay, so you're in college, you're in this new program dissing Havoc and PC games, basically. Right. Um, how does this kind of like get you along the path to owning your own business like where where does that i guess this is teaching you maybe or you're what you're gaining from this experience is that you don't really want to sit in front of a computer and code or, or build games anymore uh well i mean the goal was still there i was a little delusional in my own skills 
um, of, of, of modeling and animation. <laughs> sure. um, what were you so, making? What were... <laughs> I was, I mean, we had to do like just little projects, you know, and we actually made for our senior project, we made a game. Um, it was a very short game, but it was like almost like a point and click. Mm-hmm. Um, like, but like very like mist, mist style. Mm-hmm. So like everything's static, but then eventually there'll be like a video running when you click on something. Love it. So, yeah, so I made I made a couple environments for the game. I think my problem was I didn't understand the whole process of, you know, I can make something look amazing in 3D, mm-hmm. but then I realized I didn't I didn't understand the thing about poly counts. Like like when you go to make games, you have to keep the poly counts low because the game has to render. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking like, ah, I don't care if it takes five hours to render this image; it looks beautiful. Right. Uh, so I was a little off the mark on there. But after college. Um, I, you know, I sent my resume out to a bunch of game companies, didn't really hear anything back. And actually one of them, um, was like, Hey, you know, you know, your stuff's good, but you need to like, you know, focus on this. They were giving me some tips and I'm like, that's great. You know, mm-hmm. thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so I kind of just like odd jobbed it after that. I kind of, um, I did a few little 3d projects for a small company and then, uh, I kind of just stopped caring about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I I realized that, you know, I have a lot of cool ideas in my head, but when I went to execute them, like with the animation and stuff, it was just never working properly. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right. Do you think that Uh, that's something that people like with that motivation that they want to get into that? Do you think that typically it's a little bit more natural for them or is there like, is that just part of the the gig is, holy crap, I want to do this, but this is way harder i'm not nearly as good as i want it to be like what like how much do you think people like the cliff blazinski's of the world did he just like pick it up and go or is there still that 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 hurdle for a lot of people like what does it take i guess is my question for for people to really break into that because it it sounds impossible like i actually don't understand how games work right well there's a lot of different ways to break into it um and and i'll get to one way that would have worked for me, but I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Um, I think for that specific question, we're looking at, you know, there's obviously people that just have an aptitude to it, towards mm-hmm. it. You know, someone is just, you know, generally good with numbers. They're good with programming. They're good with computers. They're good with the logic behind it. You know, their brain mm-hmm. is wired mm-hmm. to understand like, you know, cause I did take a little bit of programming, like very basic stuff, but it's all, it's all, you know, probability stuff. It's all like, well, you know, if this happens, then display this. And, you know, when this happens, you need to display this number. But if it doesn't do this, then do this. Right. And the issue is that, like, the basic stuff is so easy to follow. But mm-hmm. then when you have, like, pages and pages of code, it's it starts to get crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least to me, it did. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of been my outside looking in understanding of it all is is that it literally is just like tens of thousands of lines of code. And that's kind of where my brain breaks because I don't know how anybody organizes that or is it like, is it, are you able to compartmentalize it all and look at it in smaller chunks? But like, to me, it just seems like this, like endless amount of zeros and ones running in the background somewhere. So who the yeah. hell can make sense of it? This is wizardry it, to me. Yeah. No, it's very much like, um, like a puzzle, you know, in a way too, like almost, almost like, uh, your play P cross the game, yep. P cross. Yep. So, like, imagine playing it without the the helping guide on. Because, mm-hmm. like, a lot of times you'll play and the easy levels will have helping guides. And then eventually you have to play it and it's like, just do it. You know, y- you start figuring out, you know, you can be like, okay, well, there's only five blocks here. I can I can know where these go. You start doing that. But then you realize once you get to the end, like, 
oh crap, I think I made a mistake. Mm. And then you go, you know, then you're like, well, I have to go back now and kind of retrace all my steps to make sure that, you know, now granted there Mm. is with this programming stuff, there is, you know, the computer does help you to a degree. It says like, you know, when you start typing stuff, if it's wrong, it'll be like, hey, look, this ain't going to fly. Oh, okay. But I'm sure there's plenty of stuff you have to figure out on your own, especially if there's bugs in the game or something like that. You have to go back and figure out why, God. you know, something's happening. Well, even the example you use, I love how usually we, we rely on metaphor and simile and things like and, and analogs to go, you know, if you don't understand, think of it this way. And it's like that actually reaffirms my first notion that there's no way that I could figure out programming or anything <laughs> else because i can't play pit cross on the advanced levels man i can't even the, my my brain is not is not wired like that i'd like to think that it's a, it's sort of like apt towards logic and, and maybe if i if i practice that muscle a little bit then it'd be there but i don't know man it's just it's just this big old like nebulous of uh, i can't even can't even figure it out okay so we're moving along with uh we've got some programming background we want to make games so obviously the passion is there and i'm going to jump back to the origin of that passion in, in a little bit but mm-hmm. why don't we go into like again where where does that kind of like drop off are, are did you graduate like did you, you so you got your degree yep. in in this and then that's kind of when things changed yeah i mean i think it was uh i think it was gradually happening the whole time i was there mm. um you know I, it's just you see your some of your classmates kind of start to like rise above you and you're like well you know i can't really do that and you're like you know, usually in any sort of situation, especially school, you know, and it does, it's not a bad thing, but usually there's certain people that are going to be higher than you. Mm-hmm. And those people are the ones that are meant to do that thing. It mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that you're a failure. It doesn't mean that, you know, it, you wasted all your time. Cause I gained so many skills, uh, you know, teamwork exercises, mm-hmm. learning how to work with a team, learning how to manage a project, um, just learning how to manage life. You know, mm-hmm. living at, at school. You know what I mean? Just because you got to take care of yourself. You got to go to class. You got to make sure you do your homework. You got to make sure you have time for friends or whatever else. It's 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 still a very important thing, in my opinion. You learn how uh, to learn. That's really the thing. Like, and just the, the what I took in school. I honestly don't know if I could really grab a section or a chapter from a textbook and go like, I'm going to use this in my professional life right. now. But right. it's more about the just when you do when you're engulfed in that environment you have to learn how to learn you kind of have to train your mind in that different sense and that's why i feel like my university was was totally worth it and i love your your message as well because i know a lot of people are going through school right now and they're it it's so stressful because there's so much focus on it and it costs so much money and it's your entire life it's kind of just like that what comes right after high school obviously where high school is your entire world and, you know, just it's one of those perspectives that only comes with age as as I'm growing my my gray beard here, <laughs> where you go. It's not the end of the world. It's not everything, um, even though it feels like it is. There's always value from even if like I took calculus three times, man, before I passed it, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and it feels brutal. But that was one of the examples that was the takeaway from from that class was like I didn't know how to study for it. So I had to learn how to study for calculus. I don't use calculus at all, man. I, I'm in mm-hmm. my fundraise. I like I I'm in marketing. But why is this? Why is calculus in there? And it's so that you you kind of round out your your skills. So I guess that's a nice kind of pat on the back. I know um, David Ray and Joseph Moran, a few others are going through school right now, and it sucks, man. When you're going in for those exams, and and the whole thing is, I don't know if you had it in your school too. Like there's a whole curve. 
to it. Like oftentimes you're graded on a curve, at least I was, Mm -hmm. which means, you know, for those who don't know, if whether you got like, let's say you get a 90% on an exam. Right. Sounds pretty good. Sounds like an A or A plus, right? But let's, but if everybody gets 90, then the curve actually shifts your grade to an average. So I guess a B or, or something like that. And so the people who get like 99, that's where the A plus lies. And so it is, it's a, what you described there, I think is a real representation, real life representation of the curve where you can see people on that, like at the front end, the, the 2% people who are really excelling, then they're, then they're meant to do that. But you gained some experience out of this that led you down a different path though. Yeah. And also another thing you learn is you learn how to compromise with what's important. Um, because there's times Look, I went to like my school. I got a bachelor of science, mm-hmm. but my degree was in the art college because mm-hmm. it was mostly you know artistic stuff you're doing, video and three D modeling and music and whatever else. Um, so you know we were forced because we were in the art college to take a few art classes, mm-hmm. and I don't give a crap about art history. I know a lot of people don't give a crap about art history, but we had to take that stuff. Mm-hmm. And and we had to take like like four or five classes to graduate. And you learn, you know, quickly to kind of maneuver your credits a bit to be like, hey, you know, I'm going to take the the history of rock and roll because that's technically in the art college. And mm-hmm. I'm going to take it twice because they just changed the number and didn't say anything. So <laughs> I love that is it is like university itself is like a game like it's it's a yeah. role playing game you can be like fill up your your uh, skill slots in a certain way and like yeah maybe you probably should focus on some of the stealthy stuff but I just kind of want to go for the warrior I'm playing Assassin's Creed right now so <laughs> it kind of comes to mind for for me I definitely did the same thing I took um I took soccer and volleyball as just like totally wide open like I had nothing to do uh with anything really but it was it was a couple free courses and yeah man it got me got me towards the end but anyways how do you okay so you let me just actually talk about the timeline here so you're in university in the in the early 2000s no -hmm. plans at this time to open up a video game store i'm trying to remember blockbuster when does blockbuster go the go away it's like you're mm-hmm. really not that far away from them you're within a decade for sure it's in the early you know i guess yeah, i think i think it was uh 2004 ish maybe yeah so i'm just kind of like creating a little context here because as blockbuster the biggest chain for for physical media that there is is going going away mm-hmm. you're realizing that maybe programming or any of this stuff isn't really Kind of like not what you're excelling at. So instead, I'll take on the impossible challenge of creating, of buying a business that uh, that Blockbuster isn't able to to uphold. I don't know if anybody's ever poses to you, but like it's that that seems insane to me, Nick. Um. Well, yeah, running your own business, especially a used game store, is pretty insane. So <laughs> true. But believe me, and it's actually it's funny because like. You you understand that, but a lot of people mm-hmm. don't. A lot of people see this as a dream job, just like you know, game development's a dream job, um, and it's it it can be. It definitely is to a degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it turned out to be perfect for me. Oh, good. It, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just that it's a lot of work, like mm-hmm. anything else. It's a lot of stress, and sometimes it's not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I can. It's up to you. How about this? I'll, I'll propose a question to you. Oh. Would you like me to jump directly to how I got to the game store, or would you like me to tell you a story, a, a final story about the bridge in between? Oh, I like stories. Give me the yeah? story. Option B. All right. Okay. Option B. So uh, yeah, flip to page thirty-two, and okay. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so after I said you know after i decided that the the animation and the modeling wasn't for me i decided i was going to make one final attempt to get into the game industry mm-hmm. and and it's a way that a lot of people do it and that's to be a game tester mm-hmm. um, for a company so now <clears throat> quick backstory i i've lived in south jersey all my life um pretty much within five minutes of where i grew up right. you know it's always the same town or like the town over or whatever mm-hmm. else So I'm always with my parents, you know, my sister, everything like that. I went to college in Philadelphia, which is 20 minutes away, you know, maybe half an hour at most. That was stressful at first, but you get used to it because you're really not that far. And my father also worked in the city. So, you know, I was always near family. Right. So I wanted to get into the game industry really bad. So I found out that a company called Game Loft, which is a division of Ubisoft, Mm -hmm. uh, has a office in New York City. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, like, I'm going to apply as a game tester. So I put my application in. The next day they called me. They're like, hey, you want to come up for an interview? So my uncle took me up to New York. I went up for the interview. They hired me right on the spot. Oh, wow. Okay. And at that point, I'm just like, oh, well, I don't know what I'm going to do yet because I, haven't, I, I live in New Jersey. Uh, which is like you know, South Jersey, which is like an hour, hour and a half away. Oh, Actually, more, more like two hours away. Yeah. I was like, I was like, well, do I commute? I'm like, no, nah, it's not going to work. I'm like, maybe I'll take mm-hmm. the train. I'm like, nah. And my father said, well, hey, you know, my second cousin. So he's an elderly man. He's like 80-ish years old. Mm-hmm. Um, he was. I I only had encounters with him as a child. He would come down to visit my grandmother, who was they were cousins. Right. Um, like maybe four times a year. Mm-hmm. Very nice people. But they were my father's, you know, second cousin. He lived in Long Island. Uh, and they were like, look, he lives alone. He's got like an in-law suite upstairs. He said, mm-hmm. you can come live with him. Oh, wow. So I'm really nervous because I don't really know the guy. You know what I mean? But I, I know him from a kid. I don't really, you know, as a kid, but I don't really know him uh, as an adult. I know his daughter a little bit more. But uh, so I was like, okay, I'm going to. I'm going to give it a shot. So I went up to uh, Long Island. Mm-hmm. I'm so nervous uh, for you. I was I, I was a wreck. I yeah. was really my, the minute my parents were leaving. It was like, you know what I mean? It's it's like going to school for the first day. You're like crying your eyes out. I, you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, because they're leaving and they're not anywhere close, you know, and yeah. you're with this, you're with this essential stranger. I mean, yep. he's a technically family, you know, but still a stranger. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You know, I get all I get all my stuff settled. Uh, it's later at night. I go downstairs to talk to him, and I'm like, "Hey, man," you know. He's like, "How you doing?" I'm like, "I'm doing all right." He's like, "He's like, oh, you want to take a cab to the train station? You know, so you're not nervous tomorrow." I'm like, "No, no, I'm fine." I'm like, "It's right down the street." I'm like, "I'll figure it out. Like, I can drive oh, down." Oh, bad. Is no. that a bad decision? <laughs> oh no, no, that. Well, <laughs> don't worry. The twist is coming. Okay. <laughs> um. So. 
uh, I said, you know, I said, no, I'll be good. I'm just going to, I'll drive down, I'll park in the neighborhood. That way I don't have to pay for parking. And then I'll just walk like next to a couple blocks of the train. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's like, all right, good night. You know, good luck tomorrow. I'm like, thank you. You know, good night. So I go to sleep. Uh, I wake up the next morning. Um, I walk downstairs and I found him dead. <gasps> no way, Nick. Holy yeah. crap. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. You gotta like give me a heads up for this kind of stuff. <laughs> well, you... I told you it's a story, man. I you know I had to tell you. I Why figured... did I choose this option? <laughs> I can I only had... laugh. I can laugh about it now because it's well after the fact, and I've that got... is but horrifying. It is very horrifying. I've never had to experience that, thankfully, since. Um, but it's uh, yeah, I found him deceased in his bed. He had gotten up to go to the bathroom apparently, and. Some sort of organ. I don't know if it was his pancreas or his uh, liver. I guess swelled too much because he was he was he was like in his mid eighties. He was so old. So going from like laying down to standing, just kind of yep. like yep. shifted things, fluids Done. and whatnot, and then yep. What are the chances? I know that you are there when that happens. You could have, oh, dude. All the decisions that you could have made before that, that like the butterfly effect that could have taken you away from that. You could have been late for your interview. You could have just not like decided to go because it's so freaking far away. You could have moved somewhere else. You could have commuted all these things. What, what did you feed? Did you feed him anything? (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay. I did not. (laughs) How did you? Okay. So, oh my God, this is the craziest thing. This is up there in We the GamerCast history of the craziest shit I've ever heard. I've actually, I, when, when I asked to be on the show, I was hoping that we would get to this story, actually. Oh, so. My, so that's the other part, too, that I should probably start doing is just be like, I'm, I'm going to like not leave it to chance anymore. i be like, so you got any stories? Like, have you, have you witnessed anybody die? Or have you, been, have, you, have you been in the army and been exploded before, Chris Berto? Um <laughs> What okay? What's next, man? Holy crap! What do you? you well, do you know he's dead immediately. Like what? Did, yeah, what I mean, he, like, what does he look like? Um, I mean, he's just laying there. Like it was like you could tell. Like he was like it was like someone was sitting on the edge of the bed, but then they just fell backwards. God. So there's legs. His legs were on the floor, but his back, you know, he's laying on the bed. Um, and I, dude, it's so. I mean, I fell asleep drunk like that before. So yeah, and this, this sounds really like like it's it's like salt to the wound i guess but like he had like he had this really cute little dog it was a really old dog the dog was blind oh my god and it it was terrible because like i'm like i'm like what do i do like you know and i feel bad because this dog is like running into a wall like like just over and over again and i'm sitting there like this poor dog like someone needs to take care of this dog because i just i don't know what to do right now but i i called his daughter i had like i didn't know what else to do Right. Um, I called his daughter and, and I had to break the news to her, which was also very difficult. But it was kind of weird. Like, was, it was he healthy otherwise? Like this this had to be a shock. Was it a shock? Was it? I, mean, I don't think so. Because when I called her, she was like, I called her and she could. Uh, the, I said like two words. I was like, hey, you know, I, I don't want to oh tell you this. God. And then she was like, he, she was like, he's dead, isn't he? And I was like, yeah, like she knew. You know what I mean? And I was just like, yeah, you know, I'm so sorry. And she was like, she was like, no, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for you. Like, I'll, I'm coming right over. You know what I mean? So um, apparently, though, I, I did. I was telling someone this story the other day, too. 
I uh, apparently when you find a dead body, I, I guess it's common sense now. You should probably call the police. Um, I'm waiting for that part of the story. <laughs> uh, I I didn't know any better because I'm thinking, well, he died in his house and there's no foul play. You know, I'm not gonna. I just called his daughter, and by the time they got there, they're like, "Hey, did you call the police?" I'm like no <laughs> so we had to deal, deal with all that but um but yeah the cops came ambulance came took them away uh, and uh they were just like hey what happened i was i told them what happened they're like okay like okay like no problem and i was like okay and so it was my first day of work i was dressed oh up i was dressed up god i was just are you the, late like what like what's well, at this point i i I, have to call, I call him work and i say hey you know it's it's funny because it's like you most people will be like oh you know they're gonna call and work and be like yeah my family member died like as a like as an excuse right. but like my first day of work I have to call and be like hey my family member died um, and they were Here's like oh don't worry yeah <laughs> yeah yeah look I'm right here with them yeah uh, holy cow so they were like oh don't it's okay like you, you don't have to come in today you can come in tomorrow or you know they were like if you want to come in come in later if not come in tomorrow and I was like okay no problem so I'm dressed I. I didn't How are you really... doing with all of this? How are you cap- uh, coping with all of this? Uh, well, it's obviously a little overwhelming. Yes, uh, it's 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 a bizarre situation because I'm not so attached to the person. Does right. that make sense? Of because course. like they're family, but I don't really know the man. But it's still so, a dead body. Well, yes, obviously it's it's. But at the Sorry, same time, that was a little <laughs> get a little away from myself here. Sorry. <laughs> At the same time, it's like, you know, I think I would react a lot different if it was like my mother or my father. Sure. You know, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, random third cousin removed. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was still obviously, you know, staggering. I'd be trembling, man. Holy crap. Yeah. Um, I have a very good, uh, I guess, I don't know what the word is. I guess aura about myself, like a good, like, um, I cope very well with mm-hmm. funerals and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like I go to funerals and everyone's losing their shit and I'm just like, eh, like I'm sad, but I'm just like, yeah, like it's life. That's life. Yeah. It yeah. happens. Like it's, it's, it's heartbreaking, but at the same time, I'm not, I don't always lose my stuff. Mm-hmm. But so when I went for the interview, I was dressed up. I had a right. jacket and tie and everything like that. And you know, me not knowing any better of how the inner workings of a game company works. My first day, I was dressed up in a jacket and a tie. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm like, well, I got to be professional. I'm going to work. Right. So I, um, my, my, uh, I think as a coping mechanism for this situation, I was like, look, I'm just going to go to work. Yeah. Um, like, I'm like, I don't want to stay here. Like, I want to go to work. Um, turns out that was probably a big mistake because, I, I, I took the train into the city. I get into work, and I'm dressed in this jacket and tie and whatever else. And I walk up, and they sit me down, and everyone's just wearing street clothes. And right. I, I, feel, I feel so out of place. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, so I just dealt with this, you know, monumental thing in the morning. And now yes. I'm anxious because I'm, you know, not dressed like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they kind of just, like, threw me to the wolves. They're kind of just like, okay, you're going to do this without really explaining anything. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... That was a rough day, obviously. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Um, but so basically, what happened was is I decided. Can you say which game it was? Because GameLoft eventually went on to make like mobile games, but I'm assuming that's not the stage that they're at at this point. 
Yeah, actually, so at that point, I was doing, it was their mobile division. Oh, wow. Okay, so super early, though, in that. Oh, yeah, but this was flip phone mobile division. Exactly, yeah, because iPhone is 2007. Right. Right, so, and this is what, 2004, you said? Somewhere uh, around there? Somewhere around there, yeah, 2005. Yeah, so, yeah, holy, so we're talking like snake. Yeah, kind of so <laughs> we're, we're talking Tony Hawk and Splinter Cell on a flip phone. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so yeah. Ubisoft, of course, yeah. Yeah. So um, so after a couple of days, I kind of just, you know, I kept going back. I was like, all right. They moved us. They moved all the testers to our own little centralized area. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? Like something clicked in me, Sean. I, 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 I took control of that place. Oh, wow. Like, honestly, like... We had so the way it worked is there was a bunch of us and we were just uh, um, we were hourly, you know, mm-hmm. we were kind of part part time hourly. So we got no benefits, but we made hourly wage and then we made overtime. And then there was like three or four salary game testers who were uh, they got no overtime, mm-hmm. but you know, obviously they were guaranteed a salary. I'm so sorry to interrupt. Yeah, are you still living in the house? I'm still living in that house. So what happened to the house? Did you did you get it? Like who who uh, who took possession no. of the house? <laughs> well, I mean, his his daughter technically, like you know. So they were basically you, you're renting from her. Or they just let you, she just let you stay. They just let me stay there. I mean, I was staying in the top half, so it was kind of like separate from the. You didn't want to move into the room. No, no, don't don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, Fredo. I just needed to clarify. You're still. Obviously, you still had a place to live. Okay, so that's yeah. all. That's all well and good, but yeah, wow. Yeah. But um, so you're taking control, even though yeah, yeah so you're testing part time well, and all that stuff. Well, you know what it is. You know how any business is, right? There's always mm-hmm. people that go to work because it's their job, and at five o'clock they punch out and they get the hell out of there. Mm-hmm. Now I had the drive to make it, so mm-hmm. what I did was I was like, hey, you know, well, part of it's obviously money reason too because I make crazy amounts of money overtime. But, you know, I was like, you know, you need someone to stay. I'll stay. I don't care. So for, you know, and, and, you know, they were giving us stuff to do. And, you know, part of the thing I didn't like about working for other people uh, before this was, you know, they would kind of come to you and say, like, I need you to do this. And I would say, well, I could do that, but I can do it better. Mm -hmm. And they would go, no, I need you to do it the way I tell you to do it. Mm -hmm. And and it was very frustrating. Mm -hmm. So... But at this place, you know, I just went to my boss and was like, look, you know, your check, your, you know, your check sheet for testing games is ridiculous. Like, I'm redoing this. And they were like, OK. And I'm like, good. So I redid I redid their whole way of testing games. Um, so everyone started doing it the way I told them to do it because yeah. it, it was much more streamlined. You got stuff done way faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I was working. So my daily day, I did this for three months. And I'll tell you why I did it for three months. Um, I was working. I would get up at six o'clock in the morning, and I would, you know, eat breakfast. I would shower and get dressed, and then I would take a trip down to the train station because it was about an hour train ride, forty-five minutes to an hour train ride mm-hmm. to, to the city. So I would take the train in to the city. I would get into work at nine, and I wouldn't leave work until eleven at night or midnight. And then I would go home on the train, and then I would go to sleep, and I would wake up and do it all over again. Holy crap, man. Yeah. Um, so, and, like, I was, I felt like I was making, you know, progress. Mm-hmm. But I burned mm-hmm. myself out. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for that. Mm-hmm. And, and also, 
for somebody else too. Yeah. And you know what it is? You start to, you know, there's plenty of instances where, you know, there's a lot of fake stuff going on. It's all Mm. politics. You know what I mean? So you start doing a bunch of stuff, you're working real hard and they're all buddy, buddy with you. You know what I mean? And then you kind of like think, well, well, it's not just a work environment. Like we're, we're cool. We're friends. And like, you start to like, you know, once the project's done, you start to still treat the person like your buddy, buddy. And then they kind of just like kick you down. Mm. It's like, Oh, well, you know, the project's over. Like, you know, you need to go talk to this person instead of even coming to me. And I'm just like, Oh uh, yeah, I see how it is. Like, mm-hmm. so that was really disheartening. And, uh, but yeah, it was mostly just burning myself out. I mean, but you know, I learned a lot from doing that. Um, I learned it's probably the hardest I've ever worked in my yeah. life other than, you know, before the game store. Well, you're sprinting in a marathon, basically. Right. That's kind of the way I even just look at work in general is that we're all going to be doing this for a very, very long time. Yeah. So it's just a matter of like finding the pace and kind of sticking with that a little bit. But yeah, like and, I, and especially, you know, 2004, 2005, Nick coming right out of school i think a lot of us are like that too like i want to climb up the ladder as fast as possible i want to make a giant impact and then yeah i think we all kind of reach that point of going holy crap retirement is like 30 years away so yeah yeah, we should probably pull back a little bit but in that you know that when you slam into the wall where you're sprinting 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 and it's like oh i'm just i'm crash and burn you that's a learning experience no matter what Mm -hmm. like whether you like it or not or you're trying for it or not you have to when you pick yourself back up you go okay so i'm not going to do that again and instead i'm going to do something else and that's kind of the definition of of learning experience so you don't want to do that anymore uh yep so basically what happened was i made a lot of money because i worked you know what was it 13 hours a day (laughs) holy crap good for you uh, though i'm not surprised and i'm glad that you kind of got to that part of the story too because you know there's like you said with with regards to university and whether or not it's for you or not, like that's really what it was. It was fit and it wasn't about work ethic or trying hard enough or or any of that kind of stuff. Obviously the work ethic is there for you. And I know that for a lot of kids in, in university now, just going there is so freaking hard and doing it day after day after day and studying Mm -hmm. is so hard and whether or not it translates into good grades or success or whatever, that's aside from the point. And it's uh, it's identifying that work ethic within you. And I'm not surprised that you were just a bull about it, that you're just kind of going hard in, in school and in this. And yeah. then these are the things that you kind of like you're checking off all the boxes for a small business owner. And these are the things that were not in me. I actually started university. My major was small business, which is so actually, I think, kind of silly to go to university to start your own business. Um, I didn't really even know what I, I couldn't articulate why I was doing that. I was like, maybe I can get a better loan from the bank, but that's not even true. <laughs> um, so I switched uh, to marketing, actually, because I had heard so many stories from all the teachers who were previous small business owners about the 120 hour weeks and like that doesn't even guarantee success and i'm like good god that is not what i'm in it for but that somehow attracted you because you had the work ethic you just wanted to you didn't want to answer anybody else you want to just you have an idea for something and you go for it and if you put in the time and the hour and the energy to it then it will be a success even if blockbuster's crumbling before your <laughs> eyes <laughs> yeah and, and you know what it is it's like um i i had i had some help so what happened was is you know i had you know, obviously, I've been playing games my whole life, right. so that's always been the driving force in what I wanted to do, whether it was making games or now selling games. Um, so, but 
I really, at that point, after that, I didn't know what I wanted to do with myself at all. But, you know, I was big on the internet forums back in the day, you know, especially, you know, the classic game collecting forums, stuff like that. And, you know, it just so happened that I had two friends on those forums that opened up stores, their own classic game stores in their respective parts of the country. Mm-hmm. So, you know, honestly, I was, I was kind of, you know, you know, subconsciously I learned, yes, I want to work for myself, but I, I really didn't put that into practice until I was like, Hey, you know, what are you guys doing? Like, let me come out and, and see how it is to do this. You know what I mean? I, I went mm-hmm. out, I, I took a week and went out to Wisconsin, uh, to visit a friend who had a store and I learned a lot from him. And then a friend in North Jersey opened a store and I helped him open it. So like, Oh, okay. All, all of that was like, you know, building, Yeah. you know, the, it was like, you know, the work ethic, but it was also the not knowing what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. but it was like, I want to do something with games. I really like games and it was, I made, I, you know, I made a decent amount of money working my ass off. Mm-hmm. You know, all that stuff just kind of just fell into place. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's it's ten and a half years and I'm still here. Good for you, man. So Next Level Games, where does the name even come from? And then like what's the first kind of couple weeks? Are you just like where does the inventory – like I, I just imagine you standing with your hands on your hips. You, you Maybe you're putting the sign up. And what – like how do you get started? So what I did was I took all the money that I made from – the three months in New York. Holy crap! You did make a lot of money. And then I also um, got a family loan, so I was okay. lucky enough to get a family loan instead of having to go through a bank and deal with interest and also the junk. Did you Did you take some money out of your your dad's second cousin's wallet? While was... <laughs> 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 take his credit well, card. And well, don't, te- don't tell technically, I live, so it doesn't technically they didn't charge me to live there, so you know. True. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So you have, you're living well. Bad joke. Okay. So so you have you have a little cash at your disposal here. Yes. Yeah, so what I did was I um I got really lucky because at the time I, I I was back with my parents. I didn't really have any bills because I live with my family. So I was like, you know what? I'm taking a year off and I'm just amassing stock for a store. So I spent a whole year watching movies, playing video games, going on eBay, going living to conventions, mm-hmm. buying. stuff. And it was pretty fun for about a year. And then after that, I was like, okay, it's time to do something with this. Um, but actually, you know, the beginning of the store was pretty rough. Um, we first opened, I moved. I found a location which I thought was perfect. I kind of emulated after my friend. I, I opened near uh, a couple schools. Because um, mm-hmm. he would get a lot of foot traffic from the schools. And the kids would come and spend a lot of money. You know what I mean? So I did the same thing. Um, and I was carrying not only retro games, but new games. Mm-hmm. And uh, six months, I was I was out of that building. Oh, really? Lost thousands of dollars. Yeah, just from buying. No, nobody would come to me to buy new games. They'd all go to GameStop. Because right. um, are the, you even able to sell them at the same price? Every time I go to into one of those stores that has new games, they're always like five bucks more. And I'm, I'm yeah. never really sure why that is. Like maybe you're just well, buying at the same discounts. So, well, the reason why is because when you go to buy a new game from a distributor. Um, like say it's a $60 game, mm-hmm. um, after shipping, you're spending $55 on that game. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, like, you're, so, so smaller stores have to build in a little bit more margin yeah. in order for make that worthwhile. Okay. Yeah. Um, but nobody was buying new games for me. The yeah. kids in the, in the local area just were awful. <laughs> they were not, oh, yeah. 
they weren't buying anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just, um, you know, I, I, I think I kind of just, you know, I misjudged the location. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, thankfully, I was able to, you know, adapt and switch over to the location I'm in now. Mm-hmm. And it took off immediately. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, we. it was like night and day. Nothing else changed. Same next level game, same prices, same inventory. Everything moved over and it's just location. Yep. And, uh, you know, for the first two years, three years maybe, it was like really, really great. And then uh, and then the economy crashed in the U.S. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> and that put me in a, in a bad spot. Yeah, there was definitely a couple times I almost closed a couple times. How many um, staff do you have? Are you working the till and doing like everything, or like yep. what is this? What does the business look like? Just me, for ten years. Even now? No. Yeah. Holy! It's, it's, what are your hours like, man? I can't even understand this. Uh, I'm open eleven to eight every day. Yeah, with but Sunday. you're there before that. You're, I mean, there's books sometimes and. and yeah. Yeah, so okay, so you're managing the entire stock for the store. Like you're the one going, Yeah, I'll buy that game or like are you are you yeah, ever buy. really turning turning games away and like you have to keep uh in, in all I'm imagining it's all in your head. Uh this game is worth this, this game is worth that and you just kinda have that encyclopedic knowledge just yep. in that in that brain of yours. Yeah, because it helps that like not only have I been playing games for a long time, I've been like a collector since two thousand. So cow. like even before I opened the store. I, I had a general idea what games were worth because I, mm-hmm. I was buying all the time. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, now, yeah, honestly, there's no, like, people are like, oh, can you look up on the computer how much you give me for this game? And I go, no, I'll just tell you because I know how much I give you for this game, mm-hmm. you know. But, do, you uh, have, do you have games that are, like, because I, I, I think there might even be a next level games here. I feel like there might, I have to remember what the heck that is. There's, um, there's, there's one in Washington State. I know that. It's a great name. Um, yeah. but this, the store that I'm thinking, I can't remember exactly what it's called. And maybe it's just because next level is on the top of my mind right now. Um, a couple games that are like $350 and it's like, well, that'll never sell. So like, why, like, what is your, like, how do you, how do you price things? Is it, are there games that in your mind are worth like hundreds and hundreds of dollars and whether or not they sell or not, like it doesn't matter. Like kind of walk oh, through yeah. the yeah, pricing yeah, no. of, of that. I mean, I mean, well, you know, it's like any other business when you buy something, you got to obviously make a decent margin because, that's the only way to pay your bills. Right. Uh, but well, I guess so if everything is based on what you paid for it, then mm-hmm. you're in the ballpark at least. Yeah. And, what and you're listing and, it for, you know, it's all about, you have to remember that like the way the store works is that you have your general just game players, like people mm-hmm. just play video games, whether it be old or new, it doesn't matter. Right. You know, people, people that want Mario and Zelda or Halo or, you know, um, Crash Bandicoot, anything like that. Nah. But you do have people like me. Mm-hmm. that are are collectors. collectors so you know there are there's been plenty of times i have games that are 500 dollars a piece that you like know they what? um you know at the time earthbound complete in box yep, that's the game that's what i was thinking um, of is that it's always like way up on the top shelf yeah and it's it's been there since i've been going so yeah now the thing is is that the way that i treat prices in the store well i have two mantras with the store mm-hmm. one i always try to provide the best quality product Mm-hmm. at the most competitive price I can. So, you know, if you compare me to, like, other stores in the area, they'll put out, you know, dirty games at, like, 10% over eBay. You know, mm-hmm. I'll put out the same game that I spent the time to clean and test for 10% under eBay. Hmm. 
Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I how, how do you I, do that? <laughs> I, I just do it. Since I was not quality. expecting you to go under. I was expecting you to say like you took the time and it's quality, so it's going to cost more. But you manage to actually go the other way. So no wonder well, be- you're doing well. Because the thing is, is that you know when you buy games, it's like anything else. There's going to be stuff that you're going to pay well for, mm-hmm. and there's going to be stuff that you're not going to pay well for. Because mm-hmm. people have to understand that a lot of things that you buy either are going to take a long time to sell. Or they will never sell. Right. Um, I have games in the store that I can flip over and look at, at an old barcode I put on there that I don't even use those stickers anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's been there for like seven years. And people have to understand, like, why did I get a quarter for this game? It's because it's been sitting in my store for seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just it's it's the nature of the beast. You know what I mean? And is that is that a case where you just have to move it? Like, are you is there a, a, um, like a hoarding thing that happens where you go, I need the space, so I need to get rid of some of these games, even if like how long do you carry over the original cost of that game to you? So if you spent five bucks on that seven years ago, do you care if you can only sell it for a quarter now, or do you go, nope, it was five bucks, so I need to make at least five bucks on it, even if it's a decade later? Um, well, you don't, you know, personally, I just write it off in my own mind. So I don't, I don't assume that I have to make any money on it. However, I find that it's more beneficial to have it sit on that shelf for seven years than to sell it for a quarter only based on what I consider, because I'm not a genius at this, you are, but I consider to be marketing. So I want someone to walk into the store and see a full wall of games. That's that was going to be my next question was like, yeah, there's a value in just inventory. That yeah, just you the have fact, everything. Yeah, just the fact that you can go there and say like, you know, because if I got rid of all those, like, yeah, I would only have stuff that would probably sell. Mm-hmm. But like, the wall doesn't look as nice without yeah. that many games yep, on it. I totally, yeah, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? That makes a lot of sense. That's awesome, dude. I'm fascinated. Um, we're coming up on about that time, unfortunately. So I guess I'll flip it back. Uh, usually, I say, you know, what are you looking forward to for the rest of the year, but. Um, why don't I go, what we look retrospectively, what's been one of your favorite experiences from 2017? What's kind of, uh, if you were to vote game of the year, even a not game of the year, but like, what's, what's been some of your favorite stuff you've been playing this year? It's so hard because I, I love JRPGs. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're probably my favorite genre and I love persona five, mm-hmm. like absolutely adored that game. And then the switch came out and has dominated my life. Nice. So honestly, like I don't, like I, I look at Zelda and I look at Mario like everybody else and I go, I have no idea like one, how they can put both of these out in the same year and mm-hmm. two, how they're both like, you know, within the top three, I think of all time. All you need bo- to do is have a completely failed console generation. <laughs> you just you just spend five years on a gen- on a console that's not going to work at all. You don't release the Mario or Zelda game that you were going to put it there. You sit on it for a little bit, let it cook a little longer, and then like it's not really that surprising right. that that this year is the year that we're getting from Nintendo because it wasn't that. Long. I mean, it's a good thing that gamers have short memories in general. Uh, right. We get all wound up in all the problems and everything, and then yeah, like a year later, you go like we were we were worried about the Wii U's uh, first party situation, like it was really great, and then it had a bit of a dip, and then there were no games, and we've quickly forgotten that it's. I would say, like, definitely the reason that we got Zelda day one and then we got Mario to clo- to start out the holiday season. This is, yeah, so you just you just fail a sabotage a console generation. That's how. Yeah, that's how no, that's it. true. But, I mean, ever since the Switch launched, I have, I mean, you, I, I'm sure you know of me from the other conversations that I'm not really mm-hmm. a digital guy. Mm-hmm. So, I like, I 
<laughs> I'm I, I so just, sorry. I I just realized how much I talk about digital, and here I'm talking to a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Please, everybody, fine. support your local retro. Well, it's different. It is. It, it's very different. It's very sense. different because I don't carry new games anymore. I only do retro yep. games. And you're so. like, you're like, stop asking for virtual console. <laughs> just go away with that. But uh, but now I have 18, 18 Switch games, physical, and nice, like, man. it's not even been a full year. And and, and Mario and Zelda were one of them. So, or, yeah. you know, it's like yeah. how do you how do you complain about a system like this? You can't, in my opinion. I I agree, and well, that's why it's Time Magazine's Gadget of the Year, which it sounds kind of silly, but when you, like Gadget sounds gadget, like Inspector yeah. Gadget's got a little something <laughs> coming out of his boots or something. Um, Nick, why don't we? Once you let everybody know uh, where they can find you on the internet, maybe where they can find your store or whatever you'd like to kind of get out there in the open, man. Let's do this. Sure. Um, so the store is in Blackwood, New Jersey. Um, so it's just next level video games. Um, and as far as the internet, you can just NL video games on Twitter, which I, I don't use as often cause I, I feel like I get lost in that sea too, too much. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if you want to contact me, you can contact me there. So. Sweet, man. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today. And also I have to thank you for supporting patreon.com slash make is better, man. You've been there since. Since day one. Yes. I think. Thank you. Yeah, I day mean, one. I mean, I appreciate I mean, all you guys do. So Bobby and you and, and uh, Toby and I guess Joseph now. But um, yeah, everything's it's, yeah, it's always fun. Thanks for not fun. leaving when we brought on Joseph. I guess there's that too. <laughs> but I, uh, I thank you for having me. I really had fun. And uh, it's a pleasure to, uh, I guess, meet you, you know, directly. So. sad that the conversation is over but i'm glad that the production is wrapping up for now for for this week we're coming back next week don't worry about it but i'm glad that i'm about to post this schedule it be ready for you on itunes and google play and youtube.com slash way the nerdy and i tell you why i'm glad because i can go back and play assassin's creed colon origins or orange colon oranges I am digging that game, you guys. I didn't mention it at the start. I'm going to talk a little bit more about it on the Xbox Drive with Dave Moore. That's on Thursdays. Um, maybe I'll talk about it on the Gaming Gurus. Now I can say Xbox stuff when I talk to Bobby. It's That's kind of strange. By the way, thank you, Nick. Nick Militia from Next Level Games. You're on Twitter at NL Video Games. Give him a follow. Let him know that you enjoyed the show. If you did, offer condolences. <laughs> kind of feel bad making light of that situation but he sort of led the charge hopefully it's okay to i'm just gonna drop it i'm just gonna drop it but i was shocked to hear that story and had no idea that's what i was in for today guys so that was great by the way also the music super mario world super mario sleigh ride if you need some christmas cheer go to ocremix.org it's super mario sleigh ride we're gonna that'll be doesn't even matter if people have no affinity to tomorrow usually i link up the music with with people and what their what their gaming likes are nope it's gonna be that song for december it's christmas and i love christmas that's why we're gonna give away a game right now two codes get ready these are steam codes but it, i think whatever you're whatever you're running on your computer you can run it so give it a try the first one guacamole super turbo championship edition six h i x j c g Z P L C F seven M is in mother and two. The second code is for Guacamole Gold Edition two X 
W-I-Q-C-F-A-0-M, as in mother, Z-L-5-I-7. I can't tell if those eyes are eyes or ones. I think they're eyes, but you never know. If it doesn't work, try to replace them. Thank you to our artists, Gary Gray and Adam Leonard, our video designer, Antonio Guillen, and of course, this is part of the Dayspace network of podcasts where you can find other shows like Nintendo Talk and Character Crunch and the Greenie podcast. Please consider supporting us on patreon.com slash makeusbetter. We're just going to continue pushing it, guys. Thank you uh, for following me on Twitter, at Sean Capri, Sean like Connery Capri, like the pants. The show is at WeTheGamerCast. That's it. Otherwise, this is episode 118. Uh, it's now in your ears and your eyeballs. I'm listening to the audio and Jason just kicked in. Holy crap, that kind of scared me. Threw me off a little bit. I'll be back next week. I hope you're there too. Now it's time for Jason. 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 Sean! 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 Sean, where are you? Jason! 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 Sean! 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 Jason! 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 Jason!